Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Material Podcast, episode number 280. I am your host, Florence Ion. I am also your host, Andy Anatko. And we are here to discuss... Well, first of all, I have to say, we like to denote when we're recording the podcast so that you can mm. kind of get into the mood with us. And this is the after dark version. Now, when I say after dark, I just need everybody to understand that I am referencing the circa 90s screensaver uh, from the Macintosh era that was later it was later ported over to Windows but it originated on the Mac. Also, After Dark refers to the club in 90210 that was introduced in season four. <laughs> it also ref- it also uh, refers to the really, really, like the, the TV show in the 60s uh, that Hugh Hefner hosted, Playboy After Dark. Uh, oh my gosh, it was a, It was a fakey, it, it, it was a fake set of like a swinging, like uh, swinging apartment where there was a swinging party going on. And yeah, it would I see be, it. Yeah, I see it. The legendary oh, television show from 1969, nice, to 1970. Yes. <laughs> it's it's amusing because you'd have I like myself with that you'd joke. have like Tony Bennett have to like sing a song, but he'd have to sing it to like like eight people who are five feet away because this is quote a party unquote like and it's, it's, half just have to say hey well, yeah, I understand that you have a new uh, new song about uh, San Francisco we, we have, do you think you could favor us with it clap 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 oh yes please Tony please oh all right I'll sing it for you and he has to basically sing in front of like four people who are know they're on camera and know that like they're the audience and so they have to like be oh my god I can't believe well okay this is Tony Bennett so there's not a whole lot of acting going on, but still, when w- the ones to watch are when it's a comedian who know, knows that this is death because he's telling his act to five people who are have to fake laugh throughout the entire set. And you can see the death in the back of his eyes that saying, God, OK, this will this will help me get booked on the, on, on the Tonight Show. This will help me get booked on Sullivan. This will help me get booked in the larger clubs. But for the next three and a half minutes, this is death. Honestly, guys, comedians kind of a hard act to invite over for a party. So just save that for the yeah. clubs. That's yeah, no. sorry. Sorry to comedians out there. Um, <laughs> hey, before we well, hey, I just wanted to chat. I just wanted to tell you that I decided this evening that um, I'm going to fill myself with more busy things because that's how I manage life is I just throw myself into things instead distraction, of distraction, tactical distractions. Listen, it's gotten me this far in life. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. Um, and this time the distraction is me trying really hard to get organized in my tech life. I realized a couple of weeks ago when I had made, I made sort of this sad tweet to Stacey Hickenbottom <laughs> about how I um, have just lost the will to care about my smart home. <laughs> It's just like everything is fall. Okay, this evening alone, like three light bulbs fall off the network just randomly. <laughs> One of them is in the baby's room. So that was like, well, I guess I'm just going to manually turn this off and pretend doesn't really work. So that's where we're at uh, in in month nine of uh, the COVID-19's uh, descendants onto Earth. So, um, so I decided I would make a list because... This is what anxious people do. They make lists <laughs> about things. Um, and I thought I would share I would share with y'all out there because I know there's a lot of this going around. This is kind of like a big mood, uh, especially related people moving over from Google Play Music, finding new ways. I know a lot of people 
big movement going local music. I know, Andy, you and I have talked about that plenty. Indeed. Um, but a couple other things I'm also doing, uh, desktop folder cleanup. So oh, I'm my. going through like my documents <laughs> and I'm putting the videos in the video folder and the music files in the music folder and the work-related recordings in the work-related recordings folder, which is a subfolder in another folder. <laughs> and so I'm doing a little bits of this it, it, every other day as I'm like at my desk and I'm just like, I God, I really don't feel like thinking right now, but I don't want to deal with anybody. So I'm just going to move some files where they belong. <laughs> so that's one thing. I think a smartphone folder cleanup. I haven't gotten anywhere with that. It's just on my list. Um, I will say <laughs> my phone is a mess. It's like five, six years of chat logs, like outdated memes it, the chat logs thing, ugh, it's, I carry a lot of collateral on me. <laughs> Do you ever think about that? It's like, if yeah. somebody wanted to, if somebody wanted to blackmail me. I shouldn't be putting this out in the other, but I am. All you have to do is slither your little hand into my purse and grab my phone. <laughs> and you figured it out. You have everything, at least from the last six years. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned the smart home stuff. Uh, and then I think, I think the last thing is Plex server that's just go. collecting cobwebs right now. So... Yeah, I've I've been doing this. It's it's kind of embarrassing to watch uh, like uh, Adam Savage's tested channel mm. because all of all of his like COVID like videos in the shop is. And so I've always decided, I've always thought that I don't have a good place. Every time I need a a, a new a new uh, drilling. Uh, new, gangly drilling drilling head for my for my lathe i always have to go over here so and so then over the next 20 minutes he builds this massive wonderful piece of like rack system custom for and i'm like well the, the and he's been doing that for like a hundred different things inside his shop and so as the res, as a result by the end of 2020 his shop is going to be as cool as it was like even more efficient and more whatever me i'm more like uh, well, I got my I've, every week or two. I spend some attention uh, reorganizing files on my Plex server. Uh, for instance, I decided that uh, stand-up specials should really be in their own library now. You see, because they're not documents, and it's not quite <laughs> as impressive. I, I, I did change the curtains, but that's about it. But I get I did something kind of similar, and this is uh, I'm, I'm, we're paying uh, flow. You can actually see some of the benefits of this. Um, so I'm at my podcasting station. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, I'm sure this happens to a lot of people where there are a million tiny, tiny little inconveniences or tiny, tiny little things wrong with your works plate, your workstation that uh, you could solve if you just bought like a five or six dollar thing you keep meaning to buy. But every time you sit down in your workstation, you get annoyed because uh, like a light you need is not in the right position, but you can sort of jigger it into the right place mm-hmm. and you're here to actually get work done not to do and so I, I, it was like a, a domino sort of effect a couple of weeks ago where uh i happened to find no oh actually uh i want to get the uh, i, I want to uh, i need to buy Speaking the cable hmm? sorry <laughs> <laughs> i made it brighter i just wanted to show you sorry you I got put, a new lamp I put a, I put a selfie i put a selfie ring light on the other end wow that blinded me keep going <laughs> i can't see you right now on the webcam <laughs> but you know, we actually, rings. actually we did we did kind of the, the same thing because well, one of the things was that now that it's <laughs> now that daylight savings time has ended so now right. like 
instead of like there being light in the office until like eight now it's dark at four and so every time i sit down to like work my my second or third like work session of the day i've been like turning on one of my like studio lights because i don't know i need a i really need to buy a task light and then i don't know what happened but two weeks ago i finally snapped and like actually because i was i happened to be sitting at a computer and have access to amazon.com bought the task light and then i also thought hey remember you you need that little adapter to get the webcam on that new arm that you bought okay but six bucks buy that like yeah and also um you have these big clumsy light stand that you really have mean to swap out for uh just something that's uh, a, a short one that would clamp onto the desk and boom another eight dollars and you put for the for the backlighting in the studio you have like a, 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 a an led panel that you keep putting on this like little kind of coffee table sort of thing you keep meaning to buy like a super super short light stand boom buy it on and on and on and on and I can't, it's, it's hard to, it, uh, A, I'm happy that all these little annoyances are now gone, but it's, it also makes me a little bit, uh, uncomfortable to know that now, Andy, how many, how many weeks or months have you been putting up with all these annoyances that could have been solved with like just five or six, five or six minutes of shopping for very, very inexpensive items. And yet we had to stop the timer at seven and a half months. Could we not improve upon this? Like perhaps in the future when there's a problem, we actually address it and solve it while it's on our mind and at an early point in discovery. I predict I will not have learned from this, but it's good to observe. Would you like to talk to the pile of clothes by my door that I've been meaning to get rid of since before (laughs) Mona was born? I don't want to know how much dust is going to come out of those, but you know what? You know what? For now, it's just a pile. But it's so it's so cozy and comfy. She'll love sleeping in it. Mm, <laughs> it smells like you. It smells like mommy. Mommy smells musty like she hasn't opened a window in 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And on that note, uh, do you want to take a little break? I indeed. Perhaps we shall. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Do you have a website? And does your website have a shopping cart? registration forms, or contact us pages? If you answered yes to these questions, then you need Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when cart checkout, forms, and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the outage severity. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible, and if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of the Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. So, for the uninitiated, America had an election this week, uh, in case... Boy, did we! 
<laughs> well, we still don't know who the president is, um, and we still don't know what's real, what's not. Uh, I just, as a side note, I have completely stopped reading anything. <laughs> I've just, I'm relying on errant text messages like coming through from friends and the occasional like Twitter meme that I have not uh, muted. So, you know, it's just kind of what's happening here. But I have to say, it's very interesting to see you two be in hot water <laughs> during on all this. That's, that's um, weird because they, they tend to, the, uh, controversy tends to just roll right off its back like water off of a duck. Mm-hmm. YouTube, you say, is in hot water. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Certainly they decided. Not of mismanagement and not, not paying close enough attention to the responsibilities as a mass. Okay. Yeah, they decided, you know what, just let it all go, whatever goes. Um, They have officially decided just let creators declare victory for the incumbent, because at least by doing that, YouTube will be getting ad revenue, views, visits, angry comments, you know, all those things that translate into little bits of money. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe that is it. But I think that they just they just realize that, hey, what have we done for Donald Trump recently? OK, mm, he, he's, 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 he's been having a heck of a lot of trouble, a heck of a lot we of stress. Maybe their thought was, I think that if Donald Trump were to find out where to watch this video in which people with beards and wearing sunglasses, even though it's dark inside where they're shooting the video, declaring them not only victory, victor in this election, but also president for life, it would just give him a warm fuzzy, just a big like mm-hmm. bearer hug of coziness. Mm-hmm. And in this, in these dark times, I think that, you know, being nice to people even billionaires who we might have some issues with i think that's that's a very kind gesture right even billionaires who put children in cages hmm. uh, so <laughs> youtube now, that, is... that's that's now to, to be fair that's only been documented by several independent agencies and by mm-hmm. photographic evidence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know where i was going with that Anyway, well, yes. anyway, YouTube has said the video claiming that Trump has won the election uh, does not violate its election misinformation policies. <laughs> and if you're doing the shrug emoji, guess what? So are we. <laughs> um, so we're we're going off of a Verge article, which we put we will put into the show notes. You can go read up on it after you listen in. So the One America News Network, O A N N, and I do believe that they have a channel on Pluto TV, by the way. Um, and by the way, I found out that you can no longer hide channels on Pluto TV. <laughs> so I have to go over. Anyway, it's just terrible. So uh, they posted a video entitled Trump won. MSM hopes you don't believe your eyes on Wednesday. By the way, Andy, who is MSM? I tried to Google that. Oh, I couldn't. Uh, that's a Mary Tyler Moore's production company. Uh, remember the logo at the end of the Mary Tyler Moore show of like the kitten and the MGM logo? Oh, wait. For real? That was the headline? No, no, actually, actually it stands for mainstream media. Okay. The, sorry. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Like, deep. <laughs> Although, you know, Mary Tyler Moore's production company does have real deep state, uh, you know, well, smell here's about the thing. it. I wasn't, I didn't want to go super deep into incognito mode. And so I just kind of <laughs> wanted to like look it up real quick. Um, so thank you for clarifying that. Um, all right. So that was posted on Wednesday, the the day after the election, the video falsely claimed that Trump had won enough electoral votes to claim victory and that the widespread voter fraud had prevented Trump from winning by an even larger margin. <laughs> um, YouTube allowed the video to remain on the service. It demonetized the video and added an info box explaining that election results aren't or may not be final. Here's a warning. 
<laughs> Disclaimer, this, you know, pot of boiling hot water may burn you, <laughs> but you could still put your chicken in it. That's That sounds like the mainstream media was, are telling me this because there's candy at the bottom of this pot and they don't want me to get my fair share of it. Mm-hmm. I'm diving mm-hmm. in head first. So YouTube had declared new policies against videos that attempt to disrupt voting, such as vi- such as videos that intimidate voters into staying home or delivering misinformation. The idea being that they would follow through further than that. But clearly, <laughs> many YouTube channels have produced spammy live streams of election results consisting of a static graphic with dubious count totals. Um, and those who have been paying attention to the Internet... I don't know why. Bless you for doing so. Uh, may have noticed that the the state map meme has really blown up. So having this kind of thrown into the crowd is actually very bad because it's taking advantage of, you know, a, a fortuitous, fortuitous, fortuitous maybe isn't the word. I don't know. But just um, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? A really fertile, fertile social media ground is what I wanted to say, because uh, they're just sprouting up all over. You kind of stop paying attention, right? Um, Insider.com found that at a point on election day, the top four YouTube search results for presidential election results were videos of a graphic with fake electoral college projections. Can you imagine the dozens of people out there who do not have cable, who don't even have maybe an antenna to get like local TV and YouTube is what they're tuning in to get election results because people do do that. And that's how YouTube sold itself to society to be able to rely on it as a content distributor. And so the fact that this is being spread around as, as you know, it's, there's not a lot of push to kind of push aside this information. Right. The echo chamber becomes very, very, very echoey. Exactly. The echo chamber gets as big as 1.4 million subscribers, four of them being verified channels. So again, it's all just a cycle. Um, All of this makes Google and YouTube look really bad. And Twitter and Facebook are protecting its communities from this stuff so aggressively that they're also drawing some fire. So, yeah. So it's it it makes them look bad because uh, Twitter Twitter is being that they they might be actually putting their their offices in danger by people oh they're you're you're just censoring uh, you're censoring our content and you're censoring Trump's messages that no we're saying outright that he has posted a tweet that contains a lie and facts that are not factual about uh, about uh, about fraud and so we want to make sure that's pointed out so i I, you're hoping that youtube has a more uh, aggressive way of protecting people than just simply shrugging and pressing a button when the insider says yeah it seems like a whole bunch of streams here are violating your own policies um i will say i I will say one thing though um you you did bring up uh, all the like people who are looking at like data maps of Mm -hmm. like it's not only like states that are (laughs) states that are red states that are blue states that are shaded because they're probably leaning that way but i've seen other versions with like circles and arrows and all kinds of weird things my Uh, favorite was the one that was all pink and it was states are all britney (laughs) hashtag free britney continue (laughs) 
You see, there's, there's all kinds of other news that could be distracting us very, very nicely. Exactly. Again, tactical, tactical distraction has nothing to do with our lives, but it's something to look at. And we can still say that we're on the Internet. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, you, you brought that up and it really did. It reminded me of like the best uh, one of the best uh, uh, maps that I saw on uh, the uh, Data is Beautiful subreddit, which is a squirrel to human ratio by state. Uh, sub subtitled how many squirrels will you have to fight when they take over and so they're the each state is colored from like a light pink in which the ratio is of hu- humans mm. to squirrels is one to one to uh mm. one to four all the way down to now i hate to hate to scare you if you live in like utah or the dakotas uh or nevada uh where the the squirrel to human ratio is 21 to one so that's where you might want to take some counter. I'm sorry. I just be, want to say I find this, to squirrels. I just want to say I find this very interesting. This map seems to also match the uh, pattern of where coyotes manage to flourish in the United States. There are, are there are actually coyotes that manage to flourish throughout the East Coast because they are very adaptable, which is why they have outlasted many, many generations of wolves. Um I just wanted to put that out there. I, I do know that coyotes enjoy a little squirrel meat from time to time. I also have friends who enjoy squirrel meat from time to time. So that California is a light pink actually does not surprise me. Uh, moving on. Sorry to anybody who really loves squirrels. Uh, so an artist did some smart search engine optimization which I roll my eyes to, to ensure that the top Google search result for the next American president would take people to her latest art exhibit. Surprise, surprise, by the way, she's a former employee at Google. Uh, Her name is Gretchen Andrew. She worked at Google for two years as a people technology manager, describing herself as a search engine artist and internet imperialist. I'm a little concerned about that last one, considering what imperialism really means, but I digress. According to her site, her search engine art manipulates the internet with art and desire. <laughs> wow. So according to Artnet, she created an, quite a vibe we have going on tonight, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's just this week. She created a network of websites, including pages on sites like Eventbrite, Yelp, Quora, SoundCloud, and Twitter, loaded with web addresses and images and text that trick search engines into returning these images. That's actually incredible uh also when she created the site she wanted to steer people towards which is we'll put the link in in the show notes the dash next dash american dash president dot com is dash right yeah dash she filled it with thousands of words of sensible and factual information about the electoral process apparently to further encourage google search to rank the site highly (laughs) oh we've been talking about this for weeks about the way that search engines are optimized for certain results and this well, is that, not that, going to help the, the antitrust this is, hearing. This is, this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, she wasn't trying to deceive voters. This is what she's stressing. Uh, in a phone conversation with Artnet, she said, it's important to me that when people see these works, they look wrong. I don't want to confuse people. I want to confuse machines. <laughs> I want people to be laughing at Google. If we can get both sides of the political spectrum laughing at big tech, that's a good thing. Scratching my head. Uh, The text from thenextamericanpresident.com backs up the premise of a search engine art piece that highlights how SEO can be used to manipulate. 
Well, if not me, who, she says. What person or foreign entity do you think I am going to allow Russia to manifest the next American president? Do you think I'm going to allow Putin to manifest the next American president? No way. I will not use my powers as an internet imperialist. (laughs) to inflict my choice of candidate as much as I will use my powers to remind all of us that the internet search results, our feelings and elections are easily manipulated. (laughs) You know what? That's all I needed. Yeah. See, see, I I, I think that I'm watching. uh, 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 I think I sprung on this on you today. I think you went through the same journey that I did. That was like, oh, look, it's a it's a digital art. That's why I didn't read those notes, by the way. I didn't go deep on those notes. I was like, oh, okay, we're talking about an artist. I'm going to save this for as I'm. Especially, especially when she's she lists, uh, I'm a search engine artist and internet imperialist, and manipulates the internet with art and desire. I'm like, okay, you have a trust fund and you don't have to work, but rather than just like enjoy your hobby, you want to be. I, 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 this was prejudice on my part. I was very skeptical, but then after like see reading interviews with her and actually seeing yeah. the the work and her other works, this is not the first time she has like used SEO to. Sort of like show how easily manipulated search results are. That's I think it's, it's actually is. a really, really cool piece of artwork. That's, like that's what art is supposed to do. It's supposed to make you think about it from that depth. Um, a lot of artists, unfortunately, have been canceled in my book. Um, I know we don't like mm. to talk about cancel culture, but Cindy Sherman is somebody that I grew up really looking up to. I loved her photography because what she did is she really just brought to light different profiles of people through her photography unfortunately um i had to come to you know terms with the fact that she blatantly did blackface in the yeah. 1970s when she really shouldn't have so we're not going to overlook that uh but i will say that this particular project it's got a little cindy sherman vibe to me but like i don't know i'm just maybe i miss going to museums that's what's going on <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a lot of that going on yeah, let's but maybe, do maybe, a maybe break. that maybe that is why I enjoyed it. I like I I enjoy going to like a museum and seeing the stuff that really just like hits me on an emotional level or, or intellectual level immediately. But then I also love seeing those pieces where I know that I know that what I'm looking at is a binary state where it's either this is fascinating and the more I think about it, the more I will continue to think about it and the more I will understand it or no, this is Jeffrey Kuhn's just like <laughs> kitsch crap, and I'm being tricked into thinking it's something more than it is. And that's some of those are some of my favorite like pieces of art where it's like, what? Why am I? If I think that this is just stupid and random, why am I sit standing here like looking at it even more? So yeah, so I, I've I, I have bookmarked her site <laughs> and I have followed her on Twitter and I look forward to uh, to I, I, I shall I shall uh, follow her future career with considerable interest. <laughs> All right, let's take a little bathroom break from this exhibit. I don't know. I was just trying to put us in the museum Exit through the gift motif. shop. Mm-hmm, exactly, and then we'll come back with another exhibit. This episode of Material is brought to you by our friends at Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing enterprise infrastructure, you deserve simple, affordable, and accessible cloud computing solutions that allow you to take your project to the next level. You can simplify your cloud infrastructure with Linode's Linux virtual machines, helping you develop, deploy, and scale your modern applications faster and easier. 
Quite frankly, anything that could make your workflow faster and easier is worth checking out. Linode has 11 global data centers and provides 24-7 human support 365 days a year, so you never have to be stuck without support. Night or day, holiday or not, Linode are there, with no tiers or handoffs, regardless of your plan size. And you can check it out for free. Get started right now on Linode today with $100 in free credit for listeners of the Material podcast by going to linode.com slash material. In addition to shared and dedicated compute instances, you can use your $100 credit on S3-compatible object storage, managed Kubernetes, and more. So head to linode.com material and click on the Create Free Account button to get started. Go there now. Check it out. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Now, this next story, I was really excited about it until I was not. Um, and there's actually a lot to take into consideration from it. At first, it sounds like something very small and menial, but um, you could read a lot into it. So Google announced uh, a VPN service is coming soon to Google One subscribers. Now, Google One subscribers, it's where you pay Google money for storage space. And then you got like a bunch of other little perks. I pay like the bare minimum, by the way. So I don't get a lot of the special stuff. But when I saw this news item, I was like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. Why don't I do this instead of paying for a separate VPN service? Because then I would just bundle it in then you kind of read into it. So the service will be, uh, it's going to become one of the benefits of the $10 a month or $100 annual tier of Google One membership. The VPN can be easily enabled by just tapping a switch in the Google One app. Yeah, I thought that was weird because there is, there's an entire like settings page inside the network and internet settings. It's just, hey, do you have a VPN? Great. Here's where your VPNs live. Here's where you switch them on and off. Like, why do I have to go into an app to turn it on and off? Mm-hmm. It just seemed a little bit weird, but okay, if it works. Maybe that's the easiest way to push it out like right now. And yeah. then I imagine maybe later they'll do that. Uh, but it sounds like this is something that they want to be cross-platform. So they want it to going to roll out to Android users first in the US, sorry, to those international folks. And then the rest of the world will get it as well, as well as iOS, sorry guys, as well as iOS, Mac, Chrome OS, and Windows. So it is going to be the sort of cross-platform VPN solution, you know, come one, come one all. Pay it through Google. Um, there will be apparently no caps on data speed, and they claim the VPN can deliver speeds above 300 megabits per second. Cool. Mm-hmm. And Google appears to anticipate that people will be, of course, naturally <laughs> suspicious of an internet privacy tool created by a company that makes its money from showing us ads. And based on what else we've seen them do on the internet, yeah, of course, a couple of us are feeling a little dubious. Um and, you know, I have to say that when I mentioned this news story to a couple folks, they brought that up. They were like, are you sure that you would trust Google with that? Yeah. And I mean, it's it's fair. Yeah. I mean, uh, fa- Facebook a couple of years ago, people will probably remember. They, well, they, they did something very, very Facebooky in that they said, congrats. You're welcome, everybody. Enjoy our free, free VPN client app. It's called Onevo and it's free for everybody from your friends here at Facebook. And of course, the whole point of the VPN client was so that Facebook could like, could look at all of the internet traffic going through your phone for, for all of the apps that are installed on the phone. And then Mark Zuckerberg could rank, rank you yeah. by how hot you were. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah. And then yeah. Apple said, yeah, that violates just so many of our user policies and you're banned And they said, we're not sorry, but we're pulling the app. So I want everybody to send Andy a huge thank you because he went through the white paper that Google published explaining how everything is going to work. We're going to put the link in the show notes. So again, if you want to go do your own research, I would strongly encourage you to do that. That's what we like to encourage here at Material. So according to the white paper, in order to provide peace of mind for our users that their activity is private from the VPN operator and from potential attackers, (gasps) VPN by Google One does not log user activity on the network or the information that could reveal personally identifiable information about them. And then the white paper goes on to list the types of data that the service specifically doesn't log. Now, this implies that there are no records for any government agency to demand access to, which is a very important element of VPN, right? You want to be able to log on, do your thing, do it securely, and then leave. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the lit, litmus tests that when there's like uh, governments in Eastern Eastern Europe, I, I forget I forget which uh, I forget which country it was, but just they throw were out upset. names, Andy. Yeah, they, well, <laughs> <You'll hit one. laughs> we'll I'm make sorry. some up. Uh, <laughs> Latveria, Wakanda. <laughs> oh no, that's a, that's an African nation. Uh, but yeah, they they were upset that some of its citizens were uh, were organizing protests and using VPNs to like hide their identities and they were demanding demanding that the vpn company hand over all records of whoever was attached to this ip address through their vpn and the good services uh, uh the, the service that were that they were asking about say so, sorry oh you know ip oh 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 god where are our minds we don't even keep that information oh man wouldn't that be cool if we could like get that but oh no we don't even keep that so we don't have anything to turn over to you sorry so yeah that's a good thing. <sighs> That's a good thing. But then there's also this. So they're open sourcing the client side code so that it can be analyzed by security experts. Uh, it also promised we will have external security experts audit VPN by Google One end to end, including the server side implementation and publish a report on our VPN privacy protections. Um, That's good because the best VPN services, they do publish reports from independent auditors regularly. So you're getting, you know, backup from people with clout. Uh, They're also implying that the VPN service will become a stream for future Google tools and services that become possible when Google is managing your internet pipe. Again, this is Google One, the idea being one Google. (laughs) <laughs> all the services just come through that little tube google has a wonderful plan for your life i have some pamphlets yes and here we'll talk about the looking forward section because a vpn sits at the interface between the device and the network there are many interesting opportunities for it to provide additional security to users by blocking threats before they get to their devices we will continue to explore these for future additions yeah I fi- Please leave I found a check for ten thousand dollars at the door. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of cult documentaries. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I found I, I found that uh, I found that interesting uh, with for various definitions of the word interesting, both like good and bad, because it's it kind of sounds as though, like I said, that they're going to be turning it into sort of a platform for tools and services that you can't do unless you can have a look at uh, people's entire internet stream. Uh, Like for instance, uh, if they're really concerned about malware 
and the, and ransomware, they can maintain Google could maintain a blacklist of IP addresses that are serving sure. malicious content. And rather than have a piece of software running on your uh, on your uh, on your devices that says, "Ooh, I recognize this piece of code as something bad. I'm not going to allow you to execute it, or I'm going to warn you before." They can actually just simply say, "Oh, by the way, if you try to use the VPN to access." This IP, this IP address at all, it'll just pretend as though that IP address doesn't even exist. This is also how uh, uh, I have a Raspberry Pi that's configured to be an ad, bro- ad blocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you put it on your network and it uh, it maintains a blacklist of IP addresses where ads and, and trackers go to. And it simply drops all of those IP addresses off of the Internet. And so no matter what computer you're accessing, whether you're using a phone on my Wi-Fi or whether you're at a desktop over Ethernet, you just never see any ads because this network is not capable of connecting to computers that have have ads um which is not to say that google is going to have an ad blocker i mean yeah right that's that's really really going to happen but it's interesting if we <laughs> if you are of that subset of humanity that uh trusts google with qualifications but overall trust google that yes i'm willing to use google docs and let it observe how i use the internet because dang it dang nabbit google search and google docs are so useful and so free it might be an interesting way for them to deliver services that are uh, that definitely enhance your day to day. So I'm I'm interested to see how things go. There there were a couple of things that I was hoping or expecting to find in the blog post and the white paper they didn't see. Um, as uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably listening to other podcasts, and you've noticed that most of the VPNs that advertise have gone from the ad copy saying, "You are you protected and safe when you use the public internet? Now that people are not going out and using public internets anymore, they're stuck inside the house, the ad copy has changed to... Do you like want to watch the British Baking Show and Portrait Artist like, of the Year and other British? BBC shows that you can't watch <laughs> unless you have a computer located in the UK? Well, good news for if you have our VPN, you could just simply choose to uh, relay all of your internet traffic through a server in London, and so the BBC app will think that you're in London, or it'll, Netflix will think that you're in the part of the country that gets those, this cr- is those how first run Korean soap operas. So I appreciate <laughs> it because then I can tune into Romanian like news on holidays. <laughs> And watch all the cheesy, you know, all the cheesy news interviews they do with people on the street. <laughs> that does sound interesting. It, it you know, it's a thing to do. I, I started a little tradition in the house, and anyway. Um, <laughs> but the but the other thing is that uh, all the, all the text <laughs> that uh, talks about this service, it's all centered on conventional consumer privacy, like again being able to use a public Wi-Fi hotspot safely. Um, but the uh, it's VPNs are actually really really important because. If you are a journalist or a citizen that is saying things that that your government does not very much like, and if your government actively uses the internet, Mm -hmm. uh, controls Mm -hmm. the the internet Mm -hmm. of of their country and Mm -hmm. uses it as kind of a weapon to keep Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. down, you need to have a VPN to prevent your you you become from becoming uh, getting arrested and disappearing, and so they don't. uh, Okay, I I don't know how you would put that in ad copy as a uh, <laughs> as a, as a fun like googly sort of a feature but i'm it made me curious that they didn't mention 
even tangentially that it's also a safety feature for a lot of Google users all across the world, maybe because it is launching in the United mm. States and not uh, in China, for instance, not in Russia, for instance, not in Turkey, for instance. But still, it's uh, I hope it's I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's not because there are <laughs> you can't trust it for that kind of an operation. I actually feel like this is more of a move toward um, Google trying to build this enterprise-ish platform of sorts, something that's free-ish, something that you can use that gives you all the little tools that you would normally get, you know, through maybe a Microsoft or an Oracle. Mm -hmm. I don't know. These are just like sort of things that I'm thinking about. I would not feel comfortable using Google VPN for the things that I use VPN for. What do you use VPN for, Flo? None of your business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am going to continue sticking with my third-party VPN, but uh, this will be interesting to see what else it leads to uh, and just kind of how it's it's marketed overall. Again, it's supposed to be something that's going to be cross-platform, so that's why I'm just really thinking about that office, enterprise, business productivity component especially with the way they're doing the ch the new chats and the blah 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 and the google one and the etc it's throw it yeah. to a pot you know it's a, it's yeah it's it's a good thing to give away for free because a lot of people they don't want to be bothered or when they when you tell them that uh yeah there are free vpns out there but they're usually some form of scam to observe your internet traffic you want to pay 10 bucks a month for for a vpn no problem and they say i don't want to pay i haven't been scammed i don't want to pay so as a way of giving them for free something that uh, some, that something that's part of a bundle where they're already buying the like a i so i do pay the ten dollar a month uh, two terabyte package just mm. for like photos backup and uh, another useful stuff for, with Google Drive. So people having it for free, they might actually start to use it. But mm -hmm. uh, it, it really did make me. It's a good idea. Hope that hope that doesn't bite people in the butt. It did make me think though that oh, why isn't Apple like bundling a VPN as part of iOS? Because they are the the stick that they use to whack. Google and Facebook and everyone else over the head with I is really privacy. imagine that by the way I just no. imagine Tim Cook taking a stick and whacking <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful stick you can't you can't replace the the tape on the handle yourself it's a bamboo nothing... stick too so it makes like a real sound when it like <laughs> I'm sorry everybody who anybody who's been whacked with a stick by the way it's like actually anyway anyway <laughs> but yeah I, I I do hope that Apple steals this idea because. <laughs> They, they could be really mean about it and say, oh, by the way, do you want to never see ads on an iOS device ever? <laughs> Flip the switch. <laughs> we will make that happen. <sighs> Let's take a break. And Indeed. when we come back, we'll talk about more issues. <laughs> Trivial issues. Again, Trivial distractions. Issues. Lovely. This episode of Material is brought to you by Hotjar. Do you have a website? Did you put time and energy into getting that website live? Do you want that hard work to go to waste by not knowing what your visitors are doing when they visit your site? Of course not. You know that each visit to your site is an opportunity to gather important data to help you convert more visitors into customers. But you might not know that you can unlock that data with Hotjar. Hotjar is a behavior analytics and user feedback service that helps you understand the behavior of your website users and get their feedback through heat maps, session recordings, and surveys, which helps take all the guesswork out of how visitors use your site, making it easier to convert visitors into customers. 
Well, here's the section where it says personal thoughts. Uh, <laughs> now, oh boy, do you not want to be a website uh, designer slash manager, whatever, like me? Uh, because I have no idea what I'm doing. I've uh, it's always been a case of sort of feeling my way around and trying to like acquire the expertise on my own to figure out. Oh man, how is CSS supposed to work? Is any sane man or woman or person the how how do how do I center something? And actually, I'm not I'm not being. Uh, uh, detrimental about my own skills here i'm talking about css it stinks you can't center anything there's a tag for centering things but it never works because it depends on well what 100 million things that you're not meant to understand Uh, and so this is why it's frustrating to build a website i hate it and that's why i'm moving my entire like weblog onto uh, like managed service uh i used to I, i it's currently uh it's currently hosted uh, by a service that just I just rent space on a server and I'm responsible for everything, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm I'm out, I'm done, I'm just <laughs> people smarter than me should be running the the actual <laughs> the actual code, the actual <laughs> CMS, everything. I just want to write things and post things and occasionally maybe make it maybe put up a picture of a cute squirrel or something. It's, it's, it's that's why that's what I want to get to. Uh, so, and also, but the thing is, I can get away with that because I'm just doing a personal weblog. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not counting on this blog to be my business. It's an outlet for me uh, to express things, uh, express things that I want to get off my chest that I don't can't do through a podcast or through the, through the radio or through any other writing outlet that I have. Uh, and occasionally, if you know, if someone wants to, I don't know, like. So if someone wants to join my Patreon or something, that's fine too. So, like I said, I can get away with that. This is I'm, what I'm. What I'm learned. I've learned a lot over the past decade or so of like uh, managing my own site. Actually, I've been I've been uh, doing this since the late '90s. I, I remember the I remember the day that my uh, my friend Jason Snell, who was then even then, I think he was um, college intern at Mac User. Uh, showed me how to boldface something in, in HTML. Also, the center tag in HTML that one worked. Like I don't I don't know why we went from the HTML center tag that always worked to the CSS center tag that never works. But I digress. It says these things got more and more complicated. As actually, not so much that things got more complicated that there was a lot more potential involved. Uh, that there's a lot more you can do with these things. And so this is why I'm I'm a big fan of the concept of services like Hotjar, where if you're like, oh, wow, wouldn't it be great to get like, and I, I don't know whether I should be putting uh, the uh, content sidebar uh, attached to each page or just the front page. Or is there a point to me uh, putting this piece of this graphical element right here or people or are people never going to see it? Should, should I have a search box or do people just absolutely not care? Because I find it's just a pain in the butt to have this little search bar dingus there. I'd love to get rid of it, but I'm not going to get rid of it if people are actually using it. So that's why I like the idea of when you're uh, managing a, when you're managing a site, you can just basically buy other people's brains and say, please put this chunk of brain into my site and just let the service tell me the answers that I want to know. Please don't make me have to dig through these answers on my own because again, I'm not capable of it. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I can, I can choose the correct adverb most of the time. And that's really where my skill set and my, my passion really lies. Choosing the correct adverb, not 
developing my own infrastructure uh, and, and, and analytics tools. Uh, so, okay, now we're ending of the personal thoughts. We'll go back to the ad copy. Thank you for listening. You can learn more now at hotjar.com. And if you want to try Hotjar Business right now for free for 90 days, yes, three whole months with no credit card required, just click the link in the show notes. See how visitors are really using your website, collect user feedback, and turn more visitors into customers. And when your 90-day trial ends, add your payment details to keep the business plan or downgrade to a free account. Don't miss out on that important data from your site visitors. You can learn more at hotjar.com. And if you want to get that 90-day free trial, click the link in the show notes. Our thanks to Hotjar for their support of the Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. Now for a piece of not manufacture drama, but manufacturing drama. Very Hey-o. good. Very, very Thank nice you. turn of phrase. I wrote that when I was doing the notes, and so I had to include it. <laughs> um, now, I have completely forgotten that the Pixel 5 is a phone that exists. <laughs> I will say, Yasmin Evgen, the traditional purveyor of this podcast here on the Relay FM network, tweeted a beautiful picture of the Pixel 5 that she has. I think she has like the olive ish one. It's very, very pretty, and it made me think, like, now, why didn't they lead with that one out the door? Like, that, is a, that is a pretty phone. This this boring black one that we've got, I don't want to see it. That's the one I wanted to see. So I want more of that. Y- you know what, Google? Just make all your phones that way, and I don't even care what you do with the actual phone, because I'll buy it from you if it's matte and pastel, okay? That's yeah, that's I'm, all I'm, I'm going to say I'm about that. I'm glad the phone manufacturers are have realized that it's it's somehow like not exciting when they say and it's available in three colors, black, gray, and a slightly lighter shade of gray. Uh, okay, that's not really a color. It's kind of the absence of color, just like uh just like uh just like my popcorn life. is the absence oh, I'm sorry, of what? <laughs> the absence of choices. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should, should, should we talk off mic later? Because I don't, I, I go, I'm always very, very concerned and suspicious of like spontaneous jokes like that. Do when you friends... not see how many Tamagotchi I've taken care of? <laughs> yeah, that, that is Do you a not four, see the burden that I've taken on. That's like, that's like a bandolier, like of, of like you know, Boba Fett's like. <laughs> I put a belt pills. around a bunch of them so I can carry them all together. Okay, the Pixel Five is having apparently some issues, so they're. Is there a gap between the Pixel Five? Maybe. Uh, this is a thing that's been body, going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a thing that's been going around Android headlines. Uh, we will link to the nine to five Google report on it. So Google support is apparently getting bombarded with concerned questions about uh, the gap between the Pixel Five screen and body from people who receive their new phones and were worried that there was possibly a defect. Uh, Google for its part, said that the gap is just part of the design and that it doesn't affect the IP68 dust and moisture resistance in any way. Uh, To quote, we've had a chance to investigate units from customers and combined with our quality control data, because that's what we're known for, editorial note, from the factory, we can confirm that the variation in the clearance between the body and the display is a normal part of the design. 
of your Pixel 5. There is no effect on the water and dust resistance of functionality of your phone. We will work with customers on an individual basis to address any concerns they may have. So this variance in the gap, it doesn't appear to be as consistent as, you know, what we've seen in the iPhone, for instance. I know iPhones had a couple like design gates. Um, And, you know, we also have to take into consideration that Google's quality control for the Pixel phones is not exactly pixel perfect, as they say. <laughs> Historically, um, yeah, there, there there have been <laughs> a certain number of phones that have you unbox them and discover that you sneeze on them and they're water soluble and they break into several pieces like a dry Pop-Tart. And admittedly, that was something that should have been worked out in engineering. But so there, we're sort of used to. I, I did when I bought the uh, the four A. Like as soon as the pre orders went went up, I'm like, I am breaking every piece of advice that I give people normally about don't buy the first generation, even if it's an iPhone. If you don't have to buy the first the first production run of something, don't buy it. Double plus good advice when you're talking about a Pixel phone because again, water soluble Pop Tart quality has been an issue with the Pixel two and the Pixel three, uh, but it did work out okay. You know, you see, the, you can understand why people were so concerned about it because it's um, it, it really is the variation in the tolerances here that uh, so it looks like they were definitely. Uh, designing it so that there is like a, a like a shadow line or something a design element is that there's a gap between this the glass of the screen and the body of the phone again as a, as a design element however you'd be looking at the one you're looking you're looking at the phone that you just paid five or six hundred dollars for in your hand and say gosh that looks like a really really big gap and it looks like and i already see that dust is sort of collecting inside that little seam and then like maybe you go to like the google support page where they have like the official press photo and the press photo of the google uh, of the pixel 5 doesn't look like the gap is nearly as big in the one in your hand and it actually isn't as big as the one in your hand so you're thinking oh this definitely is a defect i need to get it swapped out so yeah this is uh, and yeah, see, uh, Apple. This is this is another area in which Apple tends to dunk on, like Samsung and Google and everybody else. Where uh, I think it was two iPhones ago, they were they were actually had the like a, as part of the uh, as part of a video during the the rollout uh, press event. They showed like the robot that uh, the robot and the sensors on the production line that compares to like a thousandth of an inch like uh even or maybe even ten thousandths of an inch how wide the variance in like a, pati- a particular screen is and so it will find if so if one is like okay it's supposed to be 0. 0.0000 it's actually 0. 0.0002 too big so then it would find a case that is actually 0. 0.0002 too small and match those parts together so they still fit perfectly again mostly dunking on <laughs> quality control of other phones but yeah you'd, you'd like you'd like for for Google to have fixed or addressed this problem. <sighs> well, you know what else we can talk about? We can talk about those app icons that people will not <laughs> stop kvetching about. Because let me tell you, every time I get into my front page of Reddit, the one that I have curated, you know, with like our Android and our Google, whatever, it's just Google apps icon memes. I get it. They all look the same. Um, So this month, Google had followed through. It had this promise that it was going to release a redesign of most of the Google apps and services icons. Uh, Now, this was part of the whole G Suite rebranding as the Google Workspace. So the idea was to bring all of these things in unification. 
Well, the apparent goal was to underscore this connection between the icons for mail, calendar, drive, docs, uh, by having this unified design language. Yeah. And, it does, and it does make sense because the old the old lineup of icons it actually is serves as sort of like a a timeline of all the different like design languages that Google has been through over the years because every time they introduced a new app or a new service the icon would be designed using the design language of the time so you do understand the impetus for doing this because they did look like they were. Uh, it's like going through the It's a Small World After All exhibit at Disney and saying, oh, look, here are the children dressed in the colorful garb of their native lands. <laughs> so As opposed I to do, people from the same country. I do have to say that I cannot find the link for it right now, but there was a murmuring that perhaps the color hue between the icons, like the reds on each of the icons are a different, slight, slightly different hue of red. On the color wheel. I cannot confirm or deny okay. this right now. I can only say that this is something that flicked through my brain at some <laughs> at some point across my browser. Yeah. And I'm recalling it. Um I, I've just been I've just been at this for a very, very long time. So I'm sort of when when you start when you tell me this, I'm stealing for either a like a sort of like Nicolas Cage national treasure sort of thing. Okay, so this color of red is sixty-six thousand angstroms. The previous color red was 60,000 angstrom, so still red, but a different red. So the difference between those two is a frequency of light that cannot be seen by the human eye. But if we create these special lenses, or it would have been like the Steve, famously uh, st- when Steve Jobs, uh, when the, the iPhone was about to be launched and uh, Google like created like a Google app, Steve Jobs actually like. Actually, I think it was I think it was Sergey uh, that this. he called and said, "You know, I I, this, I, yeah. I'm, I'm the yellow that you've got in this logo. Yeah. It's not working for me. I've, got, I've I've emailed you some suggestions on different shades of yellow you should be using for the logo." And I'm like, "Oh God, it's a, one of these design weenies who thinks that the change in a serif on the letter I in this new font is worth a forty thousand word think piece." Well. People and animals are starving to death and suffering in the street outside their apartments, and they don't care because there's just so much to talk about. About this Andy, darn this is the same of... podcast that just talked about a search engine imperialist. Wait, True. internet imperialist. <laughs> uh, we're going to drop a couple links in the show notes uh, related to this icon kerfuffle that you might find interesting. But be- beware, because we don't we don't want to cause you to lose your minds over this, because we know you're going to lose your mind. You're so offended by this. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about it. We're going to drop a link to a great Medium post on um, from uh, user experience designer Nathan. O- user experience designer Nathan is his name. Um there was no space between Nathan and the word offers. So I thought, sorry. Anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, he wrote a great post about why the Google's new logos suck and how he <laughs> fixed them. Now, again, that's his opinion. I don't think they suck. I think that there's some rebranding going on, some rebranding shenanigans. I think we're just working out some kinks. And until then, I think everybody just buckle in. Enjoy the new colorful yeah. Gmail logo that appears as your email is loading. Can I, can I just say that, like, 
okay, you don't like the design of the icon, but you click or tap on the icon and you still get your free damn email and you still get it's your true. free damn word processor and your free damn chat app. So that's all so I'm saying. So if you really want the old ones back, you can go to restoreoldicons.xyz. We'll also put that link in the show notes. And uh, that is a Chrome extension that will do some magic for you. So... Things that you can do. That Take you are back fun. to the, the Helkin old days of 2019 when lots of things were working better than they are now, including you have your old icons. But yeah, he does, he does, it is a good medium piece because he does talk like a designer and he does make the point that. Talk like a designer. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. The, 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 the point is that like people are, they, they look for the familiar like color codes, like each. Each of these icons used to be like a different kind of color and a different kind of shape. And and especially when they become like minimized, like as I'm looking at our show doc, I have a uh, minimized like the, the brand new calendar icon and I have my Google Keep icon and another icon. And so when they become really, really tiny, they're still really, really easy to distinguish from each other. But now that the new design language has each one of them sort of like a squared off shape where every line is a different line using a different uh, one of the four Google colors, it's kind of hard to like for the muscle memory to instantly like attack the, 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 the Gmail icon when it actually wound up going for uh, Google docs or something else. So that, so that, that is a point. I think I feel as though uh, if, if I were doing tech support for issues like that, it would be the binder would basically have one laminated page on it with just the script. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're going to be especially fine with our last little tidbit that we're going to leave you with today. Remember, we have our after dinner mint, so we're going to give you a little palate cleanser. This one is Halloween themed, so a couple days after the holiday, but whatever. It's 2020. We need anything we can do right now to distract us, right? <laughs> so Andy has been playing... A game, a Google Doodle, and I actually actually accidentally launched it. I didn't accidentally <laughs> launch it. I launched it while you were talking. I'm sorry, Andy. Happy and I accident. Playing it. <laughs> yeah, it's so they uh, in 2016. Big fans of like Google Doodles. Uh, this is this is we'll recognize this. This is another uh, for Halloween. They had another game, mini game, uh, Google Doodle. This mm-hmm. one was a sequel to the 2016 Magic Cat Academy do- uh, Doodle, where you have like little kitties and like uh, her. Uh, the the mechanic of the game is that they're like uh, Momo the cat uh, is his in his little kitty like her little little kitty like magician robe and she has a magic wand and ghosts are approaching and you have to she has to like wave her magic wand in a special like in order gesture. in order right so there'd be like a ghost approaching and it has like a vertical line vertical line then an up arrow point like a like an up upwards v then a downwards oh my v gosh so you have to like hard. on your phone you just swipe up swipe up swipe down swipe swipe the v swipe the v and it's a it's a it's damn adorable uh and B, it's kind it of just, challenging too by the way yeah yeah but it, it, and it's such a cool dynamic oh the ghost takes over a jellyfish and then it's like yes the, this is the of course they have to like trick you into learning stuff so for this sequel uh uh it's a uh, 
the uh, ghosts have stolen something and taken it all the way to the bottom of the sea. So you keep going to diving down different levels of the ocean and encountering like jellyfish and like glass fish. And then finally ghosts, pirate ghost pirates and other ghosties and things like that. Uh, and again, it's, I, I've never got never been able to really get into gaming chiefly because when I'm taking, when I'm seeking relaxation, the last thing I want mm-hmm. is to suddenly be parked in front of another screen with lots of stressful things That's that I fair. don't know how to deal with. <laughs> it, it doesn't cut down my stress to be playing a game where it's just like, I have to shoot this. Oh my God, I got killed. Oh no, no, Now an 11 year old boy is like calling me names that I don't think is appropriate for an 11 year old <laughs> child to be calling a total stranger <laughs> on the internet. The, but this, this sort of thing is like, Oh, it's calm. It's like, this is exciting. There's a sense of accomplishment, but also more importantly, it's not one of those things where there are like a thousand levels where you, it will just allow you to just keep playing and playing and playing until you lose it's no there there is a beginning a middle and an end to the game if you want to keep playing it you can try to keep playing it and get a better score than you did the last time but the idea is so that the first time you play it you definitely have a good time and once again kitties adorable adorable magician kitties and the the, the other magicians that magic students that they've got that that uh, that she is studying with is you know the magician tortoise and the magician doggy and and the, and then if you go to the Google Doodle page you can see the actual kitty Mo, Momo that uh, the the game is like named after and Kitty has a friend and it's I'm saying that I I am skeptical about Google for so many of its practices I don't approve of everything that they do but when they give me a occasionally a free Google Doodle mini game especially one that features adorable kitties. I find it hard to complain too hard about Google. I, I feel as though I will not necessarily give them a pass, but I will campaign for their continued survival, at least. God, can we not talk about campaigning for a little bit? <laughs> Please. I'm campaigning for kitties, for adorable wizard student kitties. So when are you going to get a cat? I've decided that the cat is a, a cat is out there who like wants to be my cat and he or she will find me. Okay. When the time is wow. right. right, I I feel as though right I feel as though right now it's not that I don't want to have a cat. I do. I'm just saying that I'm I'm letting the universe connect a cat to me or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like again, again, like I will. I, my my idea is that I will be like taking out the recycling and I will see like a kitten that clearly doesn't belong to anybody. Mew. Yeah, exactly. And. <laughs> I will I will take him inside the I'll take him inside the house with the idea of as soon as I get this cat warm and fed then like t- tomorrow I'll go to the shelter there's a shelter nearby and get him checked out but by the time that day, the morning happens I'll be your name is Nathaniel <laughs> you, <laughs> you you like you are an amateur ornithologist <laughs> and oh, here's a hat that I made for you out of a, out of a cup <laughs> <laughs> and some marker paint, and then I will not be able to give it. And so Please instead God of bring going this to the man a cat, yeah. Um. Hey, thanks everyone for listening today. If you want to become a member of our show, you want to support us in an extra way. You can go to relay.fm/material. Find out how to sign up for a Relay FM membership there. And when you become a member of our show, you are also becoming. 
a supporter of the other wonderful shows here on the Relay FM network. And not only are you supporting those shows, you're also supporting the people behind the scenes of those shows, including, but not limited to, our wonderful editor, Jim, who not only makes sure that we are here every week, but also makes sure that there is a podcast for us to upload to the internet every week. So thank you, Jim. (laughs) Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. And remember... You don't want to Becoming know how many times I use, use cuss words and he has to delete all the cuss words without without actually making it look like I cussed at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do. We actually cuss a lot uh, when we're not recording, which we, we try to get it out. Uh, <laughs> Andy. Like a member of the Canadian Merchant Marine, I am. <laughs> Andy, what are you up to this week? Uh, I recall you said no radio because of some presidential thingy-majigger. I don't know. Yeah. Something about the count coming Something of a yeah, from Sesame I'll, Street to to get back at yeah. There's a there's a there's a breaking news items that on Friday that uh, probably will would have would have preempted my half hour anyway. Uh, also, uh, because it's fall, it's a uh, league season uh, for Candlepin Bowling at uh, bowling centers uh, all across New England are starting up. Wait for real. So, yeah, no, they, oh. they kind of, so uh, there's probably a lot of discussion about you know league drafts and uh, any changes to the uh, ABA uh, guidelines for New England Candlepin Bowling. Uh, so I, I gladly cede my time. I'm going to be look, looking forward to listening to uh, like whether uh, there's a new see. There was a year when you could play Deadwood that's lying in the gutter, but then there was a year in which you were responsible for clearing any Deadwood from the gutter before uh, rolling your second or third ball. Uh, and so I know there's a, there's a lot of controversy about that, uh, a, lot, a lot of rhubarbs going on uh, at the ABA meeting. So before league season starts up, we need to get that settled. So I'll be listening very, very attentively. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> I just made all of that up. Yes, I did. I know. It was great. Uh, and thank you for putting together show notes today. I was going to do that anyway. As for me, I am updating my website, florencelion.com. You can go to flowrights.tech if you want to see just what I've been working on. I just updated that page because I wrote a... I did a little app roundup for Android Police. If you want some help finding a music player that plays local music on your Android device, I like went through and I used a bunch and I... There's a lot of them that really just do the same thing. <laughs> I noticed that. But then there's a lot of them that do the same thing, but also don't have casting or Android auto support. So I went through and I kind of picked out the ones that do have those. So something to look forward to if you're interested. Other than that, you know how to reach us on Twitter. We're at Material Podcast if you want to holler at us or you can holler at us individually. I'm at OhThatFlow. Andy is at Anatco. Please spell his name right. You can Google (laughs) it. You'd be the first. Um, I get it wrong myself and I've had decades uh, to learn it. Well, you know. Somebody put the H after the I, and I usually the H comes it. before the I. So you know it's, it's it is what it is. I don't know where I'm going with this, Andy. I'm not trying to insult your last name. Uh, let's go. Have a great rest of the week. <laughs> See you guys in seven days. <laughs> uh, stay, stay healthy, stay happy, stay safe, stay secure, everybody, and keep eating that Halloween candy. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 